Greetings all and welcome to the Courageous Path podcast. I'm Rachel Horton White and it is my honor to be here with you sharing meditations and interviews with inspiring people on topics that I find intriguing and hopefully helpful for you in some way. I work with people in my business, Soulful Work Intuitive Consulting, to help them really uncover who they really are at a soul level, helping them release stuck patterns, develop their intuition, uncover their purpose in their lives, and to really begin to trust themselves and finding the sense of peace, contentment, and joy to help them live a life that they deserve. I do this primarily through hypnotherapy, intuitive readings, I do life coaching, and I teach people about mindfulness and meditation, all with practical writing tools and exercises. In this podcast, you will hear music from Chris Kemp White, my husband. You can learn more about him at www.chriskempwhite.com. And to learn more about me, please visit soulfulworkconsulting.com. I hope you enjoy and please come back. You can follow or subscribe here anytime. Thanks for listening. So good morning, Lael. Good morning. Thank you so much for (laughs) talking to me today. My former beloved coach, I'm in Mm. your beautiful space and she changes. And you had suggested that I do these interviews months ago and I'm finally doing it. It's so so exciting to see. It's pretty awesome. (laughs) Feels good. So, um, all right, I'm just going to go ahead and get started. So you were, I like to say, a guide on earth for me, Mm. and you are for many people. Um, You're a professional coach. I think that's what Mm -hmm. your preferred title is. Um, That You helped me really, you know, wake up to what was possible in my life to leave a field that was not serving me. Mm. (laughs) And really just, you know, you, you helped me unlock the wisdom that I that was latent. And I know you do that for so many people. It's um, a beautiful thing to see. Oh, it, yeah, <laughs> it feels beautiful too. So clearly, you have a gift, and so I'm wondering if you can talk about why you went into coaching, how you got into coaching. I, that's a great question. I, I was, um, you know, thinking about how I move into things, and I really um, meander into things, um, and often go into them kicking and screaming. There's so there's resistance plays a part into whatever I move into and coaching was no exception to that so I was working the world uh, I was working the world in the consulting world um, as an internal consultant and coaching was a part of that but I had no coaching training and was given books about coaching and consequently came to conclude that coaching is just shtick it's Mm. um, you know advice giving cloaked with you know these special questions and I was just very skeptical of it, and um, it felt like it was um, it did, it was lacking substance. There was something that wasn't working for me. I loved consulting. I loved uh, behavioral science. I love. I had gotten my master's degree in that, so I was all about systems thinking and 
helping organizations um, design change and helping leaders lead change, and that was where I was at. That's where I parked my car. Mm. Um, And then I got coached one day by this guy who was uh, studying to become a coach. He was, and so he was looking for some clients. And he finished with me (laughs) after (laughs) a half an hour, and I was like, what the hell was that? And he and he went on to tell me about Coaches Training Institute and how the premise is that the premise that I love is that people are naturally creative, resourceful, and whole. Yeah. And so in the consulting world, when I had gone through that, they they caution you of be careful you're not a hammer looking for a nail to yeah. whack down, which is a really violent sort of metaphor if you think about it. And it's a power over. I am the expert and you are the receiver of my whack you know Mm -hmm. and it also implies um, you're broken you don't know you can't do it without me and so everything that rubbed against my values so I bucked against that as a consultant I'm like you don't need me Um, you've got this I'm just gonna pull from you which is essentially coaching so when I got coached by this guy he was unlocking me as a resource and the hat was so (laughs) that was the beginning and, um, and I found my way to Coaches Training Institute. I went through the foundational programs. I had life uh, unbuckle in, in front of me in the middle of that, which also informed my journey, made me, gave me some texture as a human being, um, made me stop um, uh, for, I was just, it was a screeching halt sort of moment in my life that I read about in my book. Mm. Um, and then I went on to get certified in coaching. And then it became very evident because of that screeching halt and the cosmic two by four and the time that I had to think is that I got this inclination that the work that I want to be doing in the world, I couldn't do within the walls of an organization. It was much bigger than that. <clears throat> and so I began the process of designing my own business that surprise was <laughs> targeted and and targeted is not the right word it it was about change powered by women mm-hmm. and i say surprise because i did not see that coming so the meandering route um i'm really starting to <laughs> accept i'm laughing because when will i get that about myself you know this accepting that I take that meandering route, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I know you... Well, the universe has plans for it you does. that you may not know about yet. It does, and <laughs> right. I know this intellectually, and I feel like I'm constantly surprised about this, because I'm, I've been thinking a lot about dreaming and doing. So in coaching, coaching and coaches talk a lot about dreaming. What are your dreams? What are your passions? What are your, what are your dreams? And mm-hmm. I, I do a fair amount of that, but now I'm really at this place where I'm, screw your dreams, because no, really, let's, let's not even go there. I mean, it, it's almost like what Danielle Laporte talks about, which is what feels good to you. Yes. Let's go there. And mm-hmm. what scares the shit out of you, let's mm-hmm. go there too. Mm-hmm. So, so that's the place that I'm playing at with coaching now, because if I think about my dreams, I was, my dream was to be a litigator. I was pre-law. I was going to be an, an attorney in Boston. And before mm-hmm. that, I wanted to be a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader. <laughs> you know, so it's like, wow. That sounds pretty awesome. I'm really <laughs> glad. I did nothing that I am doing in my life I saw coming. Right. But I felt, I felt it happening. And thank heavens I have the presence of mind and the circumstances that have converged 
that have had me wake up to those sensations mm-hmm. in my body. Mm-hmm. So that's the work that I do with mm-hmm. my clients because I, I've had those experiences that wake yeah. up. Yeah. Presencing, what are you aware of? What's mm-hmm. trying to get your attention in your body? And that's what I love about your coaching style is that you mm. use so much of your intuition oh my to guide people. Yeah. And um, yes. Because there is no recipe book, right? No. Amen to that. Yeah, there's not. But, and, you're, and you're so good at it, picking up on what people oh, say, you. They, what makes them feel good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think um, I was, the, the, the uh, resistance to coaching was that it was about a tool. It was about mm-hmm. tools and techniques mm-hmm. and homeworks and assignments and, and exercises. And frankly, when a client comes to me looking for those, I generally know I'm not their 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 coach, their yep. person, because um, because it is about the intuition. It is about mm-hmm. feeling mm-hmm. our way. It is about grant. It's about failure. Mm-hmm. It's about fear. It's mm-hmm. about experimenting. Mm-hmm. It's about play. Um, it's not a, a formula or a toolkit. It's not about comfort and safety and it's about being really brave. And laughing as we go, and but wanting, committing to that, you know. I was asked um, uh, a question last week that did it for me. Um, I went down to Boston and visited with uh, a, a guy who instructed me on being a coach as part of my certification program. I haven't seen him in 10 years, I think. And he said, what, if you, as a coach, if you stripped away all the tools and your techniques and your training then what would coaching be about? Mm-hmm. And I was like, boom, like high five. I'm giving you a high five. <laughs> That's where I'm at with coaching now. Yeah. I have the tools. I have the training. I have the depth of experience. And it's so not about that anymore. Right. But you have it. If you need it, you can fall back on yeah, it. Yeah. Right. It's in my bones. Right. I pull it out. It's That's not a heady right. place mm-hmm. anymore. It's very much uh, presence. It's... You know, yeah. Mm. And I'm just saying for people who are might be listening who may not know what coaching is. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, you could I guess talk about what coaching is, but I'm wondering like who who would be somebody that could benefit from coaching? Maybe coaching with you, mm-hmm. <laughs> for instance, or somebody like you. Yeah. So I struggle with this question, as you know, um, constantly. And but here are the words that I have around it today is that um, I work with really hungry people. I, so I work with, and by hungry, I mean they don't want to wait a minute more um, to find out what's gnawing at them, what's dogging them, what's, um, it's not even like a tap, what's, like, you know when a kid, you're trying to walk across the kitchen floor and a kid attaches yourself mm-hmm. to the ankle and you're like walking with a dragon? <laughs> Those are my clients. Yep. The, the clients who are trying to move, um, and, and, and it's hard because there's uh, the shoulds, the, what are you, crazy? You can't make money doing that. Mm-hmm. All those doubts mm-hmm. are dragging them behind, but they're still moving. So those are the people who are freaking hell-bent and determined for movement. So my bi- I'm in the business of movement. I'm not necessarily in the business of dreams or of... Um, the destination I'm in the business of mustering courage Mm -hmm. I'm really really good at that and helping people dig deep and muster mustering (laughs) mustering is where it's at 
because without must and by mustering it's gathering yourself and I'm like sucking in all my breath and standing up tall it's 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 fortifying yourself to be courageous the the act to um, whether it's to the big things like taking the leap but it's also the little things about like naming what you want right and and giving voice to your desire and giving voice to your fear so the other answer to your question that I'm super clear on nowadays I only work with people who want to engage their desire as much as they engage their fear because both things show up at the same time. Right. And we can go after desire, and that's great, but if but fear always comes up. Mm-hmm. And it's good, it's good. I don't know what I'd do without fear mm-hmm. in my own life. Because <laughs> okay. there's bo- bucket loads of it in my own life. But it's well, rocket <laughs> fuel, and it's worthy of a conversation. So those questions of um, who do you think you are, that's where my humility lives. Uh, who am I? Am I am I that person that could write a book and be and then there's also curiosity embedded in that. Do you want to find out if you are that person? Do you want to find out? And so I wouldn't have that conversation with myself if I didn't feel the fear of insecurity, mm-hmm. doubt, inadequacy, um, arrogance. Am I really arrogant? You know, am I a narcissist? You know, so fear plays a huge role, and I have to be able to. Clients have to be able to present that as well with me yes you have to be yeah. able to go there and yeah. that comes up I must I just have to tell you that that has been coming up in every interview yes. is that fear is moving towards fear anyway it's just it's yeah and, and we live in a society that talks about being fearless and mm-hmm. that's that's misguided right that's unfortunate yes it is because a mm-hmm. I don't think it exists mm-hmm. I I think that's a numbing thing that we do yes and B I can't believe I'm going to say this, but fear is my constant companion and at times my best friend. Right. Um, it has me constantly engaged in a conversation with myself. It has me constantly awake and alive to the experience of being human. Right. I get I'm entitled to that fear. So I fight for it at times in a society that would say, you know, fake it till you make it and like, feel, don't feel the fear, be fearless. I don't, mm-hmm. I think that's, a crock of shit, frankly. <laughs> yeah. Well, we so need more is... people to say that. It's okay. Okay, good. I'll have to put explicit yeah, on right. the SoundCloud thing. Um, but so one of the things that I, when I worked with you, that I'd never, it was like so mind-blowing and mind-opening mm. and mind-expanding to me was the concept of that inner, the inner critic yes. saboteur voice yeah. that I'd heard about, you know, I'd studied Buddhism and I'd heard about the ego yes, and, you know, the negative self-talk, but I'd never really had it, the experience of, like, um, personifying mm-hmm. that voice Pretty and powerful, separating huh? from it, mm-hmm. like the biography and the goodbye letter. It's just so brilliant. Mm-hmm. And I know you've worked with many people on this and and I, I'm starting to as well, but it's, I also noticed that that voice always comes Constantly, back. yeah. And so, like, we write, and so... Why is it so hard? Like, why? Any thoughts about why is it so hard to battle that voice? And how do you know? You know, because I think it's not just one voice. Yeah. Um, I will constantly say um, we all have a pack of saboteurs. We all have a pack. It's not just one voice. And they're loud. They're loud and they're reinforced by society so much. And so, um, 
I often will say there's always a pack leader. So what I get my clients to do and what I do in my own life is we listen for the pack leader and we personify, and they never go away, ever. That's the misconception of saboteurs. The voices don't go away. That's that fearlessness, let's get rid of it. No, 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 no. We're just integrating that voice in a different way from a different perspective. Mm -hmm. So we're, excuse me, I'll often use the example of... um, we're renegotiating a contract that we haven't touched. We didn't even know the contract existed. Yes. I just did it yesterday on the phone with my own coach. Um, and once I was able to lock on to that voice mm-hmm. that was talking to me about how speakers act and feel and what value means, <clears throat> excuse me, demonstrating my value. Uh, this is how that looks and this is super dry. And I was, it, it just had me all hung up in my underwear and I didn't even know that that voice was in my head until I'm like, this doesn't feel like me. Yeah. But it's it's occupying so much of my mental real estate right now. I I need to. It's like a um, sound engineering board. You know the mixers. It's like one of the volumes, one of the dials is way off, way up. Mm-hmm. And so working mm-hmm. with that voice is dialing that voice back down, yeah. so you can hear your voice among the the ambient noise in the world that's a beautiful it's really powerful yeah and i I mean i've done i've done that work i just did it yesterday it's like we have it's almost like we have to do it there will always be because i'm i'm always growing and stretching Mm -hmm. and i love edges Mm -hmm. and i i get bored when i don't have an edge Mm -hmm. really easily Mm -hmm. so i'm always going to find one and sure enough you know with speaking and uh, writing was my edge last year and I you know, wrote a book and now that's not kind of an edge anymore for me because um, I did it, <laughs> you know? Now it's speaking on a, on a larger stage and so sure enough, up comes that pack leader to say, speakers bureau, you know, this traditional model of speaking. I'm like, no, 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 no. It's storytelling. Mm-hmm. It's not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do it that way. That's not who I am. So mm-hmm. I needed to separate my voice, my wise voice, mm-hmm. that knowing voice from this other um, older voice mm-hmm. that served me long ago when I was a consultant in the corporate world, mm-hmm. probably. And your book, which I'll write about, Unscripted, A Woman's Living Prayer. Yeah. Right? Okay. i got to make sure I get it right. Um, I, I have read pieces of it, and I can... I. Well, read the whole thing. You feel free and not either to. Either way, what I have read has <laughs> read been Read it however beautiful. you are meant to read it or not. Yeah, no, I want to read it. Um, and it's beautiful. And what, I've, what I have seen of it. Thank and, you. Um, but I've noticed, it's, it was so interesting because it's very much like a personal story oh, yeah. for you. And it's it not is. about your work coaching, but it's like, was it a story that you just had to like get out? Absolutely. And yeah. And, but people also are identifying with it and. Yes. seeing their own lives that was the, in that. That was what gave me the courage to do it. Uh, that was the mustering I was talking about. So I had this thing in me, and I was tired of carrying it around. It was feeling weighty. I'd talked about it for years. And I wrote, I mean, I've written my blog for years. So my blog is always going to be my, my book. Um, and that book was born out of my blog, and it was also born out of the storytelling that I do on stage. And so... Um, yeah, what what helped was the resonance. So I, the way I describe my book is it's a deeply personal conversation that I had out loud mm. online, like mm. with, uh, I had it public. Mm. And I had it publicly because it held me accountable to having it. 
Um, and I had it because I kept hearing I thought I was the only one. So yes. I get to work with like amazing women like you all the time, thousands of women. And you all think you're alone. I think I'm alone. I don't, I get the benefit and the privilege of knowing I'm not alone because I get to work with really cool women who are saying a lot of what I'm saying. I'm really loud. I should, I should filter myself more. Oops, you know, I, I think I'm overbearing. I'm, I, I think I'm crazy. I'm, I'm crazy because I'm saying this. I'm, you know, so I hear me and my thoughts echoed back to me constantly, which mm-hmm. is a gift that you give me. So thank you for oh. that, among other people. <laughs> Um, but the but the larger audience, there are lots of women out there who feel alone yes. and have shame as a result of it. Mm-hmm. So that was my commitment. That was what helped muster the courage to do to write this book was the absolute conviction that I knew I wasn't alone, mm-hmm. and that was my amazing gift and my absolute honor. To do that, mm-hmm. I just feel so blessed that I got to be chosen to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, I just mm-hmm. am so glad I said yes, and I'm so glad I got asked, mm-hmm. and I'm I just feel such amazing honor. You know, yeah. Well, it's, I mean, you're helping the world. You're enriching the world with sharing your story, and it's help. It's about helping people, right? It's about space holding. Yeah, and, and, and um, a lot of the work that I do that I see resonate with people is I make meaning of my life and what I see aloud. And so mm-hmm. I'm a word person, and I'll put together phrases. If words don't work for me, I, I move them aside, and I pull in other words that do until they feel just mm-hmm. right. Like it's a writer. And that is, yeah, that's the writer in me and the wordsmith in me. And so when I reconfigure myself and I figure myself out and I, I find the words to describe what I want, how I feel, my experience of the world, um, it, it offers a, a, a springboard for other women to have to move forward in their own lives. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like, that's the phrase. That's it, you know, and mm-hmm. I love that. And you see, I mean, you're like, not even, you're more than a mentor. It's like guru, you oh, know, like, so for, really, <laughs> you, you know, know, I buck up against I that. You but know. I mean, but that, that figure, <laughs> that inspirational, you're an inspirational figure. I will own inspiration. Yes. Thank for you. For many, many people, probably mostly women, um, because you're because of what you're talking about, but yeah. I think women see you know if, if, that what you're doing. I'm one of them, you know. I say, well, she's doing that. Maybe I can do that too. And and well, and it's like, well, how did she do that? Yeah. And yeah. so, by working with you as a coach and reading your book and listening to you speak, I think people will be able to say, all right, she's owning her fear. She's just walking right into it. <laughs> Makes it look so easy, right? But, I mean, but I think it's I'm, it's so fascinating to me to hear yeah. how you do it. And maybe that's yeah. your next book. You know, like, how do you how do you just say, okay, these are the fears and you, you talked about a little bit, but do you write about them? Oh, yeah. Do you yeah. talk about them? Do it's just... so, I'm, I'm, I work so hard to demystify mm-hmm. me. And, because we do this pedestal thing. Right? right, we do this power right. giving thing, yes. and that, that's why I buck up against want to the word guru. guru right, right. Good, I good. don't like the word expert, and I always say to my clients, um, and my clients typically don't try to do this because I've already vetted that out. But they'll, I'll, I'll say, 
don't don't give me your power because I have enough of my own. Mm. Um, so we, but we do that so often in yeah. the society. We we try to buy a fix from mm-hmm. someone, or we try to give someone my the the power. And I'm I'm constantly sitting in my own power as a way. And I'm I'm not immune to this. I'm constantly. I go on the internet. And I compare myself constantly, which is the kiss of death. That's where I do it. I'm like, she's doing that, and I, you know, it's just I have to go to those places. So my own um, commitment. I, I value realness, and I value um, transparency. Is such a corporate world, but I value nakedness. And I value going first. I value courage. Mm-hmm. And I value being brave. And I value vulner- public vulnerability. It's why I love storytelling so much. Public vulnerability will power this earth more than we realize. We it is. Yeah. Just look at how storytelling is taking off. And Humans of New York and, you know, this, this connection that we have. When, you are, when someone is publicly vulnerable um, all the titles all the roles all the trimmings and trappings that uh, they just go away yeah. and our humanity emerges mm-hmm. and we connect mm-hmm. and we are one mm-hmm. and we see oh I'm here doing this work and 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 I'm do and we're all doing each other's work we're, we're moving forward evolving together yeah. so it's not an expert giving you the answer so I what I'm constantly doing sometimes um, I get caught up in too, doing too much of it um, and is, is falling on my own sword and being like, oh, let me, um, let, I don't want to take it to the place of let me tell you all the ways I'm deficient. That's, that's not it either. But it's like, here's, here's insight into my process. Here's, um, here's the look at the inside of my messy head, right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Welcome to my house. Mm-hmm. And I invite people in constantly. And that's what I mean by demystify. I think yes. that's a gift we can give each other. Yes. To say, I've got my own, I've got so much over here too. Well, and, that, and I think that helps people think that, well, I can, maybe I can yeah. do that too because she has the same fears I'm not broken. and There's things nothing like, just like I do. Right. Yeah. If, she, if mm-hmm. she looks like, and people do try to put me up on a pedestal and I, I'm, I constantly, it, doesn't, it does nothing for me. Yeah. Ick. Yeah. Yeah, well, now that doesn't that doesn't feel good, I imagine. Yeah. And so I'm just thinking about something we were talking about before I hit record, which was, do you think that some people have innate innately have courage, or mm. can people develop it? Wow, what a great question. <laughs> what a great question. I hadn't really thought about that so when I think about courage I love Brene's Brene Brown's definition of the French uh, derivative of it is cur you know heart Mm, and so courage uh, she defines it is living your life living your story with your whole heart that and that's my definition wholehearted sort of living all in yeah um that's just a value of mine and so I think it I, I, I want to sit more with your question because I think it's a really good one and it and my my short response to it is yes it's something we're born with um, now choosing to see that and own that and to live into that that's an entirely it's different story that's about mm-hmm. uh, a decision yes. I think we're all given it because um, we all have hearts and we all have stories 
uh, it's a daily decision. <laughs> it's not just a once in a lifetime decision, but it's a decision to fuel. So courage comes from the heart, not from the head. So I think it's a decision to fuel your life from that source um, below your neck mm. versus above your neck. And now I value what's above my neck. I love uh, I love behavioral science. I love organizational theory. I love, I'm a huge reader. Mm-hmm. I love uh, my, my beautiful brain. Um, but I, 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 lead, I try to lead. That's why I have this tattoo on my wrist with my heart uh, mm. with a compass around it that, that I want that to guide me. I want yeah. that to be my compass and I will trust my head to figure it out as we go mm. and to resource what I need, to pull That's what nice. I need. Um, but I think some people would actively disown the fact that they're not courageous because of the pedestal thing right. that we do. Right. Courage looks different for everybody. Mm. It's not a one-size-fits-all. And you know what? It's almost invisible sometimes. So I tell the story of teaching a woman, a girl at the time, how to dive, uh, jump off a high dive. I was a, a water, I was a swimming instructor at a camp. And in order to move from one level to another in the swimming class, you had to, stupid, you had to do the breaststroke, you had to do this, you had to do that, and you had to jump off a high dive. Why that has anything to do with swimming, I don't know. But this woman had a fear of heights. And she, great swimmer, couldn't move until she did this one thing. And I watched as she mustered the courage and she climbed up the high dive and she walked to the edge of the thing and it was a lake so black when you're up that high it's just black water and she stood on that board I think that was the camp record it was I mean the dinner bell rang swimming lesson was long over and I stood out on that island with her and held space for her it was midwifery it was my first I'm getting emotional just thinking about that it was my first experience of being a midwife I didn't know it at the time I didn't know it at a time. And when I think back to other stories of how I was as a child in a classroom, welcoming in the new kid, yeah, yeah. being like, here's the pencil sharpener, here's the thing, you know. Yeah. I've, I've been midwife, a midwife my entire life. Mm-hmm. But this day, I've always hearkened back because that's when the word muster was born for me, the value yeah. of seeing her. And everybody was like, she hasn't jumped yet. I'm like, oh, there's so much work happening up there right now. Because she didn't get down. Every moment she didn't climb down, she was working. She was doing something. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I almost only want to tell the story of, like, her finally going off. Because for me, that wasn't what it was about. It was about staying in that space of the edge. And you were with her. Yeah. That's that's like coaching. That was a decision for her to do. That I was holding the space. And I was believing in her. I was seeing her. Such a beautiful analogy. How, I'm just curious, how long, would, do you remember how long she stood, was Oh, it was there? like two and a half hours. It wow. was a long time. That, I mean, patience. I mean, and what yeah, was really amazing. cool, Rachel, is that gradually people were like, she hasn't jumped yet. People were like, jump, jump, jump. Just do it. Just do it. As right. they were, and I knew I was holding her in like a bubble of like, this is courageous. They have no idea what is going on inside your cells right now. But somehow in my 19-year-old body, I knew. I knew what she, she was slaying dragons right mm-hmm. and left. Mm-hmm. And I knew the noise outside on the main lawn of this camp could be a distraction. So I would just, and I do this with my work, my clients every day. Mm-hmm. It's, that's your answer to what is coaching. That's so 
one of the most beautiful things I've heard in a long time. Really? Oh, yeah. I'm, that's going to stay with me. But what was really cool is how the people were drawn to yeah. it. It mm-hmm. Courage is a magnet. So mm-hmm. gradually, people started stopped heckling her and started holding her. There, she was starting to inspire them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so it was like... <laughs> We have immense capacity to do that because we're humans and we have that feeling. Yeah. She was holding space for them. Right. She was she was holding. What they could do. She was yeah. modeling bravery. Yeah. You know? And yeah. it was so cool to see how that morphed from impatience and judgment and you know, heckling, being outside you, looking in and thinking it's so easy, just why well, don't I understand why you don't do it? And insecure, and isn't she self-conscious, and all that? Her being a sort of a like a, a you know something for people were watching, to how it drew people to her to you know. Well, she. I, I wonder if it's just the sheer <clears throat> endurance, yeah. that, the perseverance that you know she's still I up love there. Love that story. Thank you for having me oh, yeah, bring that back up. I want to tell that story, story more tell because that story. I was thinking there is my emotion. <laughs> There's my emotion. Yes. Yeah. I mean that. And that yeah. just, it's, for me, it's like, well, why is it that people, like, what, what switched in that time to make them start It's to... a really, I, I'll never know. I'll never know. We didn't debrief yeah. afterwards, you know? Well, I bet that stands out as a moment for her in her life that It may not. It may pivotal. not have been a blimp, blip. I know it was for me, but that's what I'm getting at is yeah. we don't know. We don't articulate these things. We may never know until years later that that was a defining moment. Yeah. So it's, courage doesn't come out it doesn't get words sometimes you know mm-hmm. that's why storytelling is so mm-hmm. powerful because that's the form that it comes out yeah mm. oh i feel like just such a beautiful story a great, and i feel like great that's a conversation great, i know i could talk to you for hours but i feel like yeah, this is a good love, place to wrap up i love it's just such yeah. a nice story this is gonna i'm like how can i like highlight this <laughs> shining <laughs> well i think you just said story i think um, you just did i think that was it it's um you know, it's a seemingly benign story yeah. that could have been missed. Yeah. Um, but was so powerful, clearly for me, and now for yeah. you. You and know, the image. It's just the Im- I think imagery. Yeah. Know, with coaching is so powerful. Like, you know, the, the image. Are you're on a river? Or you're on a mountain. It's like relatable. the person on the high, the yeah. fear. That's yeah. a legitimate fear of heights, and she overcame that, and you were there with her. I mean, that's yeah. so beautiful. So. I feel like any, so any, so there are some people who are listening and they're thinking, oh, they're probably, I'm assuming maybe moved by that story just as much as we yeah. are. Any like parting words of wisdom that you might offer to people? You know, who are I, thinking, I do. Um, yeah. I don't usually, but I do here. <laughs> um, and they're not my words, they're Christine Northrup's words. And it, it relates to the pedestal, it relates to courage, um, and it relates to us moving forward together. Um, so I love Christine Northrup and everything she's done. She is someone, a woman that um, really rocks my world. Um, and she was she was the reason I started to see myself as a woman when I first read um, Women's Bodies, Women's Wisdom. Mm-hmm. And I remember actually where I was when I read that big purple book at the time, mm-hmm. her first book, the book she got almost fired for being a doctor. It was such a her- heretical move in writing this book that inspired me as well anyway so I was reading this book and so I followed her for years and I had the benefit of hearing her speak last year uh unrecorded unvideo not videotaped out at uh Kripalu. um and she was speaking to I think there were 108 of us these all women 
Um, and it was about embracing the divine feminine. And she is someone that I realized I have put up on a pedestal. I mean, God, she's met with Oprah how many times? And how many books has she written? She's a doctor. She's right. just, like, cool. Right. And um, so I had put her on a pedestal, she, you know, meaning she never feels afraid. She's got it dialed in. She knows how to do this, like, mm-hmm. her life. You know, I just yeah. dehumanized her. Right. I, like uh, what's the deity? <laughs> I, I elevated her. Mm-hmm. When she never asked for that, she would readily admit, you know, whatever. So I had done that, and I didn't realize it. So she gets up in front of these people, and she said it's so beautiful to see all these women seeking to be so brave in their life. And she started crying, and she said, because let me tell you, the edge will be always be a really lonely place. And I'm thinking, <laughs> I know, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm makes me burst out crying because... You can try to to be with someone else, but that woman on the diving board, she, mm. I couldn't dive for her. There's mm. not room for her, me and her on that diving board. It was just her. Yeah. So by definition, the edge is going to be different for everybody, yeah. and it's always going to be a lonely place. Yeah. And so I, I want to, you know, do what you need to get your people. Yeah. Choose carefully mm. who is... Who, who you get the privilege of being near the edge yeah. when you're there. Mm. Because nice. that, is, that is often the difference between whether or not you jump or not. I, I get to um, be in the presence of people every day. Um, and I'm so grateful. I always say thank you for the gift of being at the edge with you because it's intimacy. It is absolute intimacy. But the, I think the parting words that I think is, is, is know that you'll be alone. Know that loneliness and... Uh, you know, I call it feeling crazy um, and alone. That is normal and a good sign. And so I'm doing my work to, you know, get comfortable with that. Get really good at nourishing yourself mm-hmm. at, those, at those moments um, and knowing what you need and asking for mm-hmm. what you need because I will always be seeking the edge. Mm-hmm. And the women that I know, um, they're, they're doing it too, you know. So... But don't expect to not feel alone. Right. It's, it's not, and it's not always easy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, process. yeah. Well, thank you oh, so, thank so much, Oh, thank you. Lyle. This has been so... It's been fun. Such a gift. I just hang out here all day. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Courageous Path podcast. I'm Rachel Horton White, and you can come back and listen to more meditations and interviews anytime by following or subscribing here. To learn more about me, please visit www.soulfulworkconsulting.com. Music has been by my husband, Chris Kemp White. To learn more about him, please visit www.chriskempwhite.com. Thanks so much for listening and have a wonderful day.